This is part three of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right, now I guess it's my turn. It's your turn, Paul. um, I'm going to try and skip past a bunch of stuff that I think I've put in previous podcasts. But, of course, there's this odd thing where I thought I had talked about the click before, and apparently I have not. So, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't want to re- – I, I know that most podcasts are like, like uh, let's recycle the topics from last year, <laughs> and we'll right. talk about them again because new people are getting podcasts. And I kind of feel like I want to try and keep each podcast relatively unique and then if people are that curious, we've got that thing where for 20 bucks you can get all 520 podcasts in one giant gob of zip, of zip files. And uh, so, you know, go get that. Or you can even kind of go to the, the Permaculture uh, Podcast Forum, and uh, you can go and get them one at a time if you want to. They're all free. For free. All free, yeah. yeah. It's just the gobs thing is like... Yeah, if you get all, if you download all these zip files at once, then um, uh, my server stuff takes a ding, and I have to pay for it. So I'm just going to pass that love on to you. <laughs> oh, I never knew that. I didn't know that's why that was uh, set up that way. And well, and you know, my, I'm going to get dinged a couple well, of bucks, but I charge yeah. twenty for having set it up and everything. You know, sure. And I don't know. It seems like a couple of people a month get it, and it's like. Uh, so it seems to be working all right. All right. Back in 2001, I was obsessed with the three-step movies. And so I don't know if that's when they very first came out. Um, I just happened to notice them. But it was also 2001 when I first heard the word permaculture. And I started finding permaculture stuff everywhere. And I found these three movies And by the time 2005 rolled around, I'm pretty sure I watched all three movies probably at least 15 times. Um, And uh, uh, I was glad to sit with people and watch them again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so if I take all the stuff that's in those three movies and I call it one SEP unit then all the stuff that's in my head that I want to do would add up to about three SEP units. And this is on April 25th, 2005. Like, I want to do three times more stuff than what I've observed in these movies. So I want to do all the stuff I see there. Plus, I've got a bunch of ideas about natural building, which we now know as Wafati. At the time, I hadn't even—I don't think I've even come up with the name Wafati yet. Um, and there's also stuff like in that moment about community, and um, and there's so much more. I did uh, quit my job, and um, 
or no, here's everybody. Else. If I did quit my job and I only do permaculture, so this is like in that moment, I'm in the middle of the click. If I quit my job and only do permaculture, the most I would be able to accomplish in my lifetime would be 0.8 SEP units. And so that's kind of pretty much all by myself. So in, in the like 10 or 11 seconds following the click, I realized I need to be in a community with at least 12 year-round people that are more knowledgeable and more industrious than me. And I feel like I'm fairly knowledgeable and fairly industrious at that point, but I realized I need more, much. I need it. I need more. I did quit my career. I did leave the Mount Spokane property, which felt like an arm being cut off because I had all these permaculture projects I was already doing there. You know, but when I math it all out, I can't accomplish what I need to accomplish there. I cannot. I know the solution is community, and that's going to be by far the most difficult thing. And so I jumped into studying community, and, and I started visiting communities. Can I join a community and do permaculture for 30 more years at that spot? without getting kicked out or feeling like I need to get away from this group? That's the big question. And I kind of feel like, no. I mean, all right, so I've talked a lot about this this thing that I did, this journey I took in a lot of past podcasts. Um I read a bunch of books. I attended a bunch of workshops. I visited a lot of websites. Um, just super intensive studying. Lots of uh, uh, forum stuff. I mean, it was about this time that I first set up Permies, and there wasn't a lot of activity there yet. I started visiting uh, all these uh, uh, intentional communities. I would do exit interviews. I researched them thoroughly. I talked to people thoroughly about every single IC that I visited. Uh, and, and I did I did lots of study and research on several that I did not visit. And I, I would talk to them on the phone and whatnot. Then I transitioned to living in several different ICs. I, um, I even formed an intentional community in Green Lake, and I've talked about that in the past. I uh, joined the board of an intentional community incubator and um, was very, very, very active there, hosting all kinds of presentations about consensus stuff and, um, you know, design. I helped a whole bunch of inten intentional communities form, and, um, and that's, like, part of the reason why I did the thing about 540 meals, 540 plates of food, was based on how... I sat with so many groups of people that were forming an intentional community and it was so universal that that they would that they were assuming that the people that they were forming community with would all be noble and later they would learn that they were human. And and I'm I tried to encourage them to design their systems assuming that people were human, but they insisted that there's no point in that 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 all of the designs would work magnificently because everybody in their community is noble, despite 
those other communities having evidence to the contrary. Uh, deep study of decision-making models. Um, finally, and I, I talked so much about so many of these places that I went to. Uh, finally, I, I was determined to create my own community where I would be a central leader. And part of that is, is that I felt it was critical to record podcasts so people could learn what it would be like to be in the community that I was creating, to learn about the guy that is the central leader for this particular community. Um, and, you know, as I've talked about already, I wanted to offer a community that would have been a perfect fit for my 2005 self. On arriving on this property, I, I've now upgraded to, like, I, I need 10 SEP units of stuff that I have to do before I die. So my wish list got bigger and my wish list evolved to be my need list. Um, maybe I will feel like I'm neck deep when we get to three units and everything else will be frosting on the cake. But I know I'll still need to do it. Okay. That's my, that's my notes for my story. And I'm skimming over a lot of stuff that I've talked about in past podcasts. So if people feel like they need to hear more about it, you know, it's, it's back there. Um, is that fair, Ash? Is there a lot more details about all this stuff in past podcasts? Is there anything that I just talked about that's not in past podcasts? There are details on so many of these things in old podcasts. And some of those things have been covered, you know, uh, more than once in different podcasts or, you know, in slightly different ways and that kind of thing. Um, I feel like the last statement you made where you're trying to make a community for people who felt the click and make a community that's perfect for your 2005 self is probably the newest and most clingent part of that journey and story. Well, I mean, like, yeah. recording this podcast is going on so long. I mean, it kind of makes sense that I haven't made a podcast about the click. I mean, I, I know I've alluded to it. Like, some people experience the click and they have to live their life forwards and they realize they've lived their whole life backwards. I'm sure I've said that in a podcast in the past. You might have. I don't have an, an eidetic memory. Um, so you may have said it that way, but I'm, I'm pretty darn sure that you haven't called it the click. Okay. Kind of, and we're we're tackling the topic straight on. You know, in other in other places, you'll have talked about it more obliquely, or talked about the feeling you got when you were on your land in Mount Spokane and you you know heard about permaculture and went to your PDC. So, I mean, yes, we've talked about it, and also no. Okay, all right, and now I can kind of now that we're making a podcast about the click, then I kind of feel like I can use it in my my vocabulary for this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great short shorthand for this big, kind of almost like life-changing moment. And so when people show up and they're saying something like, the way that you're doing composting toilets is wrong, it's, it's kind of like, A, we're not doing composting toilets. <laughs> These are not composting toilets. This is embracing the designs of not just Jenkins, but like 12 other designers of 
people saying what to do with poop. And, and we're trying to develop something that's far superior. It's not complete yet, but it's on the must-do list. But the person saying this, I don't think, has experienced the click. And so they don't understand. Not, and they haven't listened to my podcasts. And, and so they don't, they don't understand what the goal is. They just kind of feel like they want me to be traveling a path that's different than the path I am traveling. And they don't appreciate that what I'm shooting for is beyond all the books that they've read or the one book that they've read as opposed to their mind is set on I'm barely comprehending this one book and since I've read this one book this is the way it's a trash 80 syndrome I get it you know so um, I don't know I I I think that a, a huge thing in this podcast is to say what I, where I want to be is so very, very far ahead of where we are right now. And I, I know that Jennifer understands this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's got the same disease. And she's like, you know... I know. I've seen Jennifer do the same thing. I will work harder. You know, so, you know, she's got a, a not glue truck coming for her, too. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's kind of like um, I know Josiah is there. I think I'm, and I know Fred is there. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like all of us are kind of like uh, this is something we have to do. And there's no other place it can be done, you know, because you've got to have people you're doing it with. And, you know, these people are the people. Anyway, I it's a struggle. It's, it's a brutal struggle. And we can't stop doing it. I mean, I think that... Uh, I, I think that there's stuff, there's, there's yucky stuff. I mean... The one that everybody's aware of is like the Fouch video. And I think a lot of people who would be in our shoes here and the Fouch video comes out, I think that they would have left if not for the fact that it's like it must be done and I must do this. It, and it's like the, 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 thing that, the thing that makes me sad about the Fouch video is not the Fouches because they're fucking idiots. I mean, those are the most disgusting, stupid mm -hmm. people. And they proved it in their video. The thing that upsets me is the upvotes the video got. And it's like, really? I mean, and, and it, it kind of demonstrates the thing that we've talked about, like how many people have experienced a click. It's so few. So how many people are on this path? It's so few. But, and, and because it's so few, we are by definition weirdos. That's another yeah. thing we have to embrace. Okay. I've said my bit. Now, there's one last piece on here on, on our notes for this podcast, and that is um, how 
this project ties in, which we've kind of talked about a little bit. And um, I think I think we're going to kind of we're going to try and break this down a little bit into three sections for Wheaton Labs, which, by the way, we talked about Bill Nye the Science Guy, and the whole name about Wheaton Labs is a tip of the hat to Bill Nye the Science Guy, and he had Nye Laboratories. And um, anyway, I kind of I kind of agree with the analysis that Ashley had about Bill Nye, and I contacted I tried contacting him so many times and never got anywhere. And um, yeah, I'm I'm walking away from it. But here we are. I the more the more time that passes, the more I love the name Wheaton Labs because we do so much experimenting, and it's. It's really such a big part of who we are and what we're doing. To become, to move past SEP, we have to innovate. That's, and so we've got to try things. But, okay, three sections. There's three pieces of this. Because, and I hear this first one a lot. People, <laughs> people here are getting tired of the perpetual hair on fire mode. And... Um, <clears throat> I, I do believe that the hair on fire mode has moved from a flame that's three feet tall on top of all of our heads to something that's more like barely burning maybe half an inch above our heads. I believe that. I believe I've talked to Jen about this. She believes that. You know, so so granted, there were things that were happening, and it's like we've got we've to do this right away. This is a critical thing hair on fire, go, 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 go. And a lot of people are like, I'm kind of getting exhausted from the go, 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 go. But at the same time, as much as you, Jen, are exhausted from the go, 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 hair on fire, (laughs) and other people are also exhausted from that, what do you do with your weekend? (laughs) Yeah, I rest my case. You do more of this stuff. You know, you keep going. And it's like... uh, the boot camp requires 40 hours a week, so why are you doing 80 hours a week of stuff, you know? So right. it's like, yeah, your hair's on fire, and yet you keep drinking from that fiery cup. <laughs> yeah. Chug a lug. <laughs> and I think, so the first line I have in the hair on fire section is like changing hair on fire to, you know what would be cool? <laughs> yeah, oh no. um, which I think is is an important shift because it's like a lot of times the hair on fire projects are like somebody, probably somebody who left, probably somebody who left badly and took our money, <laughs> um, yes. fucked up a project, <laughs> and now we must redo the project so that it doesn't fall down or you know, become a pile of shit or whatever. And, like, so that can be demoralizing. And so, like, getting the chance to work on more projects that, like, we're proactively choosing as opposed to, like, which thing is closest to failure? Let's try to save it. Um, What is something that somebody made that now needs to be repaired because they didn't know what they're doing? Not that we know that much more. Right. But they, I mean, they didn't put enough give-a-shit into it. The berm shed stands out as kind of the prime example. Which is, um, yeah. Which we repaired almost all of it. 
uh, or rebuilt almost all of it, but the little bit that we didn't <laughs> now needs some help. Um, right. You know, there's a couple things like that, but, but that was that's one of the big ones. I yeah. mean, I think that's a great example of like the thing that needs that's left to be done on the berm shed. That's kind of like yeah, that's that's hair on fire, but it's like more like your hair is smoldering as opposed to the before, which is flames three feet high. Right, right, yeah. I think, you know, compared to, or like take Allerton Abbey as an example, it's frustrating to me that we're not going to be able to do the ATI this year. I know you are many times more frustrated, but it's like compared to what Allerton Abbey was when I got here, you know, wow, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 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 So the 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 flame level high, and um, now I mean it's it's more of a smoldering, right? Kind of a thing. So like I want to get this done. I mean, I would say not being able to do the ATI test this year. I've got flames that are about a foot and a half high on that one. Yeah, and I'm. I was going to say less of a smolder and more of a a foot high flame. But the thing about like you know what we should redo the the wing walls. It's right. Like that's that's a smoldery thing. Right. Doing the the ATI test being postponed another year. Oh, that's that is heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And it's like, but there's a boo boo, and it's on me, and it's like, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. All right, but, but, but I'm gonna go back. There's three things. Thing one, hair on fire. Thing two, the tipping point. And so I kind of feel like we're going to push, 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 and work harder. And then we're going to get to this point where suddenly everybody wants to be here. That's the tipping point. So we move from trying to create paradise to, like, we're there enough that suddenly there's there's a flood of people who want to come be part of what we're doing. Um, that's the tipping point. And, and I kind of feel like it relates deeply to what Ernie Wisner once said. It's like, oh, you want to join community? Everybody wants to join a community that's already full. It's already built, right. Nobody wants to build it. Yeah. And it's like, but really, if you want to be in that community without having to pay $100,000 or $200,000, then you need to join a community when it's like $5,000 and it's kind of not there yet. Yeah. However, the flip side to that is, is like so many of those places where it's like put in your $5,000 and you're like, what's your decision model? Like, am I going to be able to be here for 30 years? And you start getting the impression of no. Oh. <laughs> so then it's kind of like that's $5,000 down the drain. You're never going to get that $5,000 back. Yeah. And so, you, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's got to be. So, like, I think we will eventually hit a tipping point. When people are going to be like, it's $20,000, or you've got to spend three years in the boot camp, and they'll be like, worth it. Yeah. You know, easy, no problem, no risk. That's zero risk for me. I'm in. That This place is awesomer than either of those things. And so it's like, uh, then we're going to be having the tipping point, then we're going to have growing pains. That's a whole other thing to deal with. So, item one, hair on fire. Item two, 
the tipping point. Item three, what is left to be neck deep? What does that mean? So, going back up to the hair on fire. All right, so, Jen's thing, changing the hair on fire to, you know what would be cool, and it's true. There's stuff that we have to do because of preview. We have to finish the things that people started, and sometimes that means we've got to take their thing out and replace it for reasons or whatever. There's, there's unfinished projects. We, having unfinished projects around is maddening. And, and I kind of feel like we do talk a lot about, like, it's possible that a person who will be an awesome fit for our community will show up to get the tour. And they're thinking, like, I want to live here forever. And then they get the tour, and they're like, I saw garbage or I saw half-baked projects that no one's touched for two years, and I saw whatever. I saw things that are like, never mind, I changed my mind. I'm going, at the end of the day, when the tour is over, I'm leaving, and I'm not coming back. And so we talk about this all the time. That's why we got to keep things clean and picked up and tidy, and we have to finish these projects. And if we're not going to finish the project, we need to take all of that out. That all has to be removed because, you know, a lot of people are going to have only maybe a couple of hours or one day to decide whether they're going to stay here or not, and they may be amazing people. And this is our only chance to build our community. So it's like, we will work harder. And and uh, so, Jen, I, I I know you understand it, and I know you work on this angle. And we, and you're scheduling the priorities for what the boot camp works on, so you know it very well. Right. And I know I've heard you say, it's driving me insane that that thing over there is not done. And there are... 12 things that have to be done immediately ahead of that, and this is killing me. Yes, that is an accurate representation of something I say most weeks. <laughs> <clears throat> but I feel like once in a while we make the walk from Arrakis to the front door of the Fisher-Price house, and it's like, this is this is the critical alley. This Right. You know, and, and sure enough, you know, we were working on something, and so there's a bunch of materials that are, haven't been picked up yet. And it's like, everybody, we've got to pick this up. Let's go. This has got to be, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, but we could just leave it there until we work on it again next week. Nope, we can't. <laughs> we cannot. We do not do it that way here. Oh, but right. oh, that's stupid. You're just adding work. <laughs> Get to it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you want to whine, you can whine at dinner. Okay? <laughs> we do that. But then it's like, I think when they're halfway through cleaning it up, they kind of get the idea of, yeah, it does look nicer. And so it's, it's better. I mean, uh, I've even been on, like, both sides of that fence, right? Like, uh, I, yeah, it's, I'm just going to work on it in, like, two more hours. <laughs> I don't think we do it for two more hours, but if we're not no. going to work on it oh, for no, three no. or four days. I mean, like, I mean, like, the project only has two more hours left to go or something, and so you're like, I'm just going to leave it staged here <laughs> so that, like, I can come back to it, and then it'll all be gone. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but of course, life never works that way. So um, we need to change from hair on fire to, you know, what would be cool. And yeah. uh, I absolutely agree with that. And I think we're getting we're getting closer to that day. Right. And, um, you know, all right, so, so what is left so that hair is no longer on fire? Item number one, getting the well on the lab. And so I talked to the well guy yesterday. Oh, oh yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of freaked out here, man. It's like, you know, all right, all right, so there's the well. Uh-oh. What's next? Uh, the few little berm shed repa- repairs that we talked about. And then the next one is kind of a biggie for us currently, which is finishing the Totally Passive Greenhouse and the documentary about it. Um, because that's something we obligated ourselves to with the Kickstarter. And, like, the project has taken longer than we expected. And winter is here. And everything's a little scary time-wise. And it's just, like, we have been – it's been a full court press to get that done. Josiah's bearing, you know, most of the burden of that. And it's, like, you know, we all have a little bit of stress around that one. So that will put out a lot of the fire on our hair. <laughs> okay. Next one. Um, the Allerton Abbey ATI able to proceed. Uh, yeah. That's, oh, it just, it just is a, yeah. I'm sick over that one. Yeah. But, yeah. fuck, shit happens, and you make the best of it. And so, right. we will do this test, but I, it, it, it is a violation of our standards to do it this year. And as much as I want to say we have to do it, we have done big things to make it still happen, and everything has come up short. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. So, um, ah, okay. All right. Next year. Next year. And Next. Uh, I think we learned a lot of valuable lessons about some of the materials we've tried to introduce. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. It is Next. an experiment. Next item. Um, food systems at 30%, including chickens, which includes four paddocks at base camp. Um, so, yeah, basically just getting our food systems to where, you know, at least 30% of our food, like most of our vegetables, are coming from the gardens here at base camp. I mean, we are getting a lot of food out of our current food systems. But right. We've been, and we started, we kind of put some effort into trying to build the soil this year and and you know, and simultaneously do some food systems, and it's kind of like um, other priorities jumped up and pushed us back, and then we stumbled here and there, and then we got to a certain point where we're like, ah, fuck, we didn't do the thing we intended to do this year, and uh, shit. So that one's on me too. That one's on me, and uh, um, and I think. You know, we're going to get to the point where we're going, you know, we'll have less hair on fire stuff. And, right. And then it'll be easier. But it's it's killing me that we're not already, we don't already have our food systems at 30%. I'm going to get, right. we're at somewhere around 10 or 15% right now. Right. So, well, and I think 
everything on the hair. On, oh, go ahead. We've planted so many perennials, and so much of this is perennial, that it's like even if we do nothing, right, like next year, it'll it'll become significantly larger next year. Right. But I think, I, I mean, we've got to, we didn't even finish doing our soil building projects last, right. this last year. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason things on the hair on fire list are on this list is because, like, it kills us that they're not done yet. You know, it's like these are the things that cause us pain. Um, and food systems are definitely one of those things. Uh, next on the event is just, like, rentals, events, and logistics and coordination all working pretty good so that there's a little trickle of coin coming in and so that we don't feel stressed by, you know, dropping the ball on these things or, like, things don't get communicated and we don't prepare properly. Um, so, like, a little bit of coin coming in and our rentals and events just being smooth. The, the property starts to bring in its own income rather than being nearly, like, 99.9% .9 subsidized by me. Right. And so less reliance on me staying alive and, <laughs> and working 80 hours a week, which, by the right. way, see, I'm down from 100 hours a week to 80 hours a week. I'm following hey, my go, doctor's Paul. orders. <laughs> so... Um, uh, yeah, do the podcast people know how fucked up you've been lately? Because Paul's been pretty uh, fucked up. <laughs> I'm just getting all the things are breaking. It's, and it's like, people are like, why don't you stop being so fucking fat? And it's like, all these things have nothing to do with being fat. And so it's like, uh, they're, they have to do with being old. <laughs> so, uh, but we have somebody showing up uh, in a few weeks. Early January, and we have kind of we kind of have this thing we keep doing, and we this is so inappropriate. But there is a woman who's coming, and she's going to do all of this, and then we don't have to worry about it anymore, right? Absolutely, yeah. Every time we bring up something that needs to be better, we're like, maybe Murmur Murmur will be good at that, and want to take it on, and it's going to solve everything, and it's all going to be good. She now has like 12 jobs. <laughs> She's going to have to work 800 hours a week in order to do all the things that we think about. I, I, and I'm already preparing like, you know, uh, rope it in, rope it in, don't scare uh -huh. it off. Plus, you know, you got to keep in mind there's a history for this role. Seven yeah. people have come and it failed seven times in one way or another. And so it's like, uh, and she seems really awesome. And so I got to not scare her off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, don't even want you to talk to her for the first two days except to be like, hello. But I have Goodbye. to. Uh -huh. The moment she arrives, I have to. There's, I mean, I, I, I'm already preparing. Like, you know, okay, how do you want this first week to go? You know, like, what'll be best for you? I don't okay, want to overwhelm that's, you. That sounds, sounds very unrealistic. But sounds, but yeah, I know. I'm practicing. <laughs> I'm practicing right now in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> what is, 
What what sounds good to you? <laughs> how how would you like this to proceed? What did you have in mind? You know, yeah, yeah, how it's actually going to go is you're going to say, So, I'm going to pretend that you're doing eight hours eight hundred hours of work every week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I think uh, I I think I'm. I mean, first of all, I do ask way too much of everybody, but I also always say like, you know, please tell me no if this is too much. That is I'm, very true. I think I'm good I'm at saying that. Giving you shit. <laughs> I I kind of desperately need to grab everything I can to get all this to work out, and that's like my all day every day and at the same time i know that human beings have limits and i'm trying to find a path to get to optimize our forward velocity without killing people and so i'm trying anyway (laughs) all right that's that's hair on fire um right what does the tipping point look like Um, I mean, it kind of continues the theme we were just touching on, like, by the time we get to the tipping point, we want to be financially self-sustaining, so we don't need any more subsidies from you, Paul. Yeah. Right. So then, based on people staying here, um, and and I feel like, like we were talking earlier about Ashley is, you know, is doing a CSA, I kind of feel like you can come and you can stay in the teepee. And experience the teepee. And by the way, there's all these gardens around the teepee, and you're welcome to all that food. Just go ahead, reach out, have whatever you want. And then hopefully there's, like, food being served also. But anyway, the thing is, is that, you know, we're at 60% occupancy for our structures, and we've got a lot of really cool events going on each year. And uh, so the amount of money that comes in for – and then when we – I like the idea that when we announce an event that um, it fills up like in a few days. Right. As, you know, like, so we've got some of that going on. And uh, so anyway, there's, for the events and people staying in our structures, that the income from that is making this project self-sufficient. Right. I, um, I, I like that idea. I love that idea. Um, another aspect that we talked about was getting Allerton Abbey to full girt hood with hot and cold running water. It's decked out. Everything's lovely there. Um, having 12 year round residents is a big one. Um, so right now, you know, some people are seasonal. There's turnover. There's people who come just for the short term. But having 12 people who are, like, really invested in the place living here year-round would be amazing. What's our number this year? Um, so how well, many people are going to be here, like, through January? Through like, January? Uh, I guess me, Josiah, Dez, and Scott and Carter, possibly? I mean, like, various people are going to see their families for Christmas and stuff like that. And then Fred will be back in February. So we're like six to eight. Yeah. Yeah. For Which for this winter. Not too bad. Yeah. So things things tend to thin out in the winter. We'll get down to six. I mean, it was just a few months ago that we had fourteen people here, and we were kind of like, ah, 
we need to figure out ways to handle 20 people and not feel as stressed. Right. And so, um, but this year is succeed. So we're like, it's as, a, as if this year we're halfway to this goal, to the tipping point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Um, another item on the list for the tipping point is um, basically like instead of us having to try to actively advertise and tell people about our stuff and like desperately try to get the word out, there will be a lot of interest in our stuff without us having to really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, like like the interest is already there. We don't need to like, okay, how are we going to sell those tickets? How are we going to rent those structures? How are we going to – Right. It's more like, uh, oh, yeah, we just got to tell them once, and then it fills up, and uh, we're Right. It's easier. That's the tipping point. Yeah. Um, And the other note we have for the tipping point is that our food systems will be at 80%. So vast majority of our food being grown on site, and it's, you know, better than organic polyculture, permaculture food. Okay. What What is left, okay, after the tipping point, like let's say we've hit the tipping point, what is left to be neck deep? Right. I mean, in some ways I want to say this is like the gravy, but it's also something we all deeply need, right? So it's, I actually experience pain about this all not happening right now all the time so like one of the big ones i think yeah i put this one on top massive water harvesting earthworks and ponds everywhere so like just having an incredible network of ponds everywhere all over the lab and base camp is a big one for me um Having animals, like, we've got chickens in the hair knot on fire thing, like chickens at base camp, but to have ruminants rotationally grazing up on the lab to have, like, real large animal systems here, um, that's neck deep for me. Um, this next somebody one's, can this next one's for me. This next one's a big one for me. Yeah. I need this to be neck deep. This is one of the big things that I need. And um, and what I need to be able to do is to take Allerton Abbey, get it to be so amazing and so girded out, and then also having people here who are great at cooking and all that kind of stuff. But we can bring somebody who's got stage four cancer, stick them in Allerton Abbey, feed them, and after a week, they just kind of sort of don't have cancer anymore. I, I kind of need that. I I think I think there's a lot of people. I think most people, most rational people, would say that's crazy. It's just it's just absolutely crazy. <clears throat> and it's part of my click thing. I firmly believe in this, and I need it. I don't have cancer. I don't. I don't really have. I don't have a dog in this race exactly. But it is something where I kind of feel like everything everywhere is poisoned, and that's why there's so much cancer. And I'm trying to, like, stay away from all those other poisons, and I kind of feel like it's not – curing cancer is not that hard. All you got to do is take away the carcinogens and boom, baby. And then now, how about if we add in some proper nutrition that has been eliminated by the way that we do our food stuff? So I just kind of need to do this thing. 
You know, I just, I just need it. Sorry, there, that's me. I, I'm going to guess that other people who have experienced the click, this is not on their list of stuff for the click. Fair? I would say, like, not necessarily in that specific form. I do think, though, for me, like, creating non-toxic environments so that people aren't suffering from unnecessary illness was definitely part of my click. And part of the, like, horrible get the toxic dick away from me, you know, yeah. urgency that I came mean, with the click. Yeah. You have chemical sensitivities. Right. I mean, you easily get sick being around all kinds of weird things, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you've met people that have those sensitivities far worse than you. Totally, yeah. And at the same time, I don't know, I, I'm going to assume that you have a similar, I don't know, belief that cancer comes from carcinogens and that this could work. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I mean, I think there's a huge amount of low-hanging fruit in the cancer world that's like even mainstream medicine acknowledges that it's from toxic exposure. And then it's like, you know, maybe there is 2% of cancer out there that just like you're going to get it no matter what. And you, there's nothing you can do about it. But I think the vast majority of cancer could be prevented or cured just by eliminating carcinogens. Mm. For me, at least, the my version of the click uh, is saying this same thing only differently. You know, that's where my with no cars parts com part comes from. Right. It's getting rid of all of those, uh, you know, toxic vectors uh, that come into life, and you know, putting as long an arm's length as possible in our modern world around that. Yeah. So maybe it's not cancer, but something else. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And for me, I, I don't have such a fine, fine-tuned focus on it as you do, Paul. But uh, I feel like we're saying similar things with different words. Right. Same. Yeah. So somebody else. <clears throat> sorry, I just had some water go down the wrong pipe. <laughs> so, so somebody else um, might be suffering from something, and it's because their immune system has been limited by trying to deal with all the toxins and the toxin soup that they're right. seeing all day. Yeah, right. I mean, in your book you talk about tox toxin load. Yeah. And so it's in, and so whatever their ailment is, it might possibly go away by just being in an environment that has less. By stop less. stressing the bees. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, I think this next one is all of us. Yeah. Food yeah. systems at 140%, so producing more food than we need to feed everybody here and a surplus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're always going to go get foodie bits that we're not really making here yet. Although right. begin to displace it's like coffee. I'm not growing coffee here. And right. I confess that I am coffee's bitch. So... How do I proceed if we can't do it? And it's like, okay, so I guess I'm going to buy some, you know. But, it, you know, I like I like Jack Spirko's show where he says, for if times get tougher, even if they don't. So he's he's talking about preparing 
And it's like, but, you know, you can prepare a whole bunch and be doing great, and then times don't get tough. They, they go on normal. But if they do get tough, then it's like, well, I guess I might not be having coffee anymore. Right. right. But I am growing all this other stuff. <clears throat> I think there's a lot to be said for the political angle, too, which is that when we are neck deep, and I think a lot of this, for me, comes from a very political space, where when I look at the political stuff, it rips me up inside, and I get angered up, and and there's all the I mean, my my stuff, my person, my whatever goes to a very dark place. Yeah, but if we get neck deep, all that political stuff becomes very small and far away, and I can breathe. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the only one who goes to a dark place with that stuff, Paul. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of people go to that dark place and they just live there for the rest of their lives. And right, with the volume at eleven. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it dominates. That's too much, which I kind of feel like is what a lot of that political stuff is designed to do. Oh, of course, yeah. But and hey, there's a podcast people can drop money on for that. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> Food systems at 140, uh, 140%. I just kind of feel like now I'm I'm very safe, and I might not get coffee anymore, but that's okay. I'll I can I'll cope. It'll be unproductive, but I'll be so old, I'll probably be unproductive anyway. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um, next on the list, who wants to take this one? Um, I will. So a new recipe for community proven. So you and I, Paul, worked on the Community Thorns book, which is like, let's try to lay out the first steps of like a community model that might work. And to be neck deep, it's like, all right, we've got it to work. It's, it is working and it's amazing. Yeah. I think that what we have now is working. <clears throat> I I wish for it to have... 20 people in it. Right. Because that's a that's a better test. It's easy to test with 6 to 8. Right. Although earlier this year we did have 14 or more and yeah. um and I think it was still working. Um and so we're doing I think we're doing well. Yeah. And that's hard. That's a challenge uh for community you know, I, I think most communities, like a lot of people who have been here who have lived in other communities, I'm one, Josiah's one, and, they, right. and their experience with those more formal, intentional communities is like, wow, after three months, I'm so exhausted from all the meetings. Right. I take, I love it when we do Taco Tuesday mm-hmm. and we say, this is our weekly community business. So everybody got your community business ready, go. And then we give it four seconds, and we say, and so concludes community business. Now, <laughs> that's about one time, one Taco Tuesday out of three that we get that. Other right. times it's like, I want to mention to people something about Dirty Cup CSI, you know, or whatever. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so that kind of thing comes up, and the, and the people that are here are really responsive to it. So that's generally the things we talk about are so incredibly minor. And and in other communities, in other communities, it's kind of like, 
All right. Uh, the food bill is too high. We gotta, we gotta fix this. And it's like, so we're all gonna have to eat less. And that, and I'm looking right at the big guy over there. You giant guy. You need to eat a lot less because you're a fucking giant. Because the little people here are not eating near as much as you. <laughs> and, and like, we don't have that. We don't, we don't have that issue at all. That's not no. a thing here. And so, um, but, but for a lot of communities, it is. And it's like you either are doing your own food, and then there's the whole thing of, like, people are stealing food from others. Oh, I just thought I'd borrow that. I'll replace it. You know, never. But I, I'm going to tell you the words that you need to hear at this moment so we could just kind of get on existing. And in a couple of months, this whole thing's going to fall apart because you're going to realize that I'm never going to replace that. And then I'm a lying piece of shit. And I really don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's there's that recipe. We've and I think that's the recipe that most of us experienced when we were in college. Yeah. Who keeps eating all my shit? You know. So um, you know this is money and I'm broke. This is you know. And then there's that guy that hasn't had a job for two months, and he's like, not me. Let me just wipe these crumbs off my face. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> all right. So, yeah. We're I doing think our well. We have a recipe that we're experimenting with, and I think that the perma... I'm feeling really good about the Permaculture Thorns book, and I... And we talk about, like, hey, what if we do a Kickstarter to finish that? And I kind of feel like we'll finish it, but there will never be a Kickstarter for that book. There's just not going to be the interest. People who have not had the click are not going to buy this book. They don't care. They don't see the point. When they're just dabbling in permaculture, they're not dabbling in a flavor of community that's radically different from the other flavors that are out there. Right. It just It's like it'll be a Kickstarter where it's like, if we get $8,000, we'll get like $1,500. It, it can't fly. It won't make it. But... I'm proud of what you and I put together in that. I feel really great about it. I feel like it's great stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty cool book. Yeah. yeah Ash has read it. Ash, you read the I whole thing. I was going to say, I have. Having read it, um, I really enjoy the Thorns book, and it helps me appreciate kind of all the scratch work that's been done behind the scenes to reach kind of the community recipe that you have reached, Paul. Um, and... Uh, elsewhere in your podcasts, uh, you've talked about recipes, permaculture recipes, where, you know, people just have to follow the fucking recipe to get the same results instead of having to be a chef and create the stuff new. And that's what, on this item, the recipe part of that really is attractive to me, where folks can take, you know, take your ingredients and take your kind of structure and go and replicate that same and get the same results as you elsewhere. Yeah. I think it's fair to say, too, that there's a lot of communities out there that are proven. They they do is that they have a whole bunch of people that have been lo there longer than two years. And, um, I mean, uh, Findhorn is an example. Right. You know, Damenhur is an example. Um, and there's some in the United States, too. Uh, and And I think a lot of the communities are getting better. So there's... But it's, and for me, a lot of it was, if I go there, will I be able to do my stuff 
and and for 30 years. Like, I won't get kicked out, and I won't feel the need that I have to leave and cut off my other arm along the way. You know, and um, and I, I kind of came to the conclusion of, like, the way that it's designed, I think that this group would grow weary of me quickly. Or I could see where there would be a drama factor at some point down the road, and I would need to leave. And then also there would be a disconnect of values, you know, like, okay, yeah, you, you finally got away from people who spray Roundup, but now you're a, uh, in a group of people where you're not allowed to put in a well because that's poking a hole in Mother Earth, which is an authentic problem that happened at Earth Haven, or a long list of other things that the community has decided is unacceptable. So, all right. <clears throat> I, there's also the whole thing about 20 people living under one roof without stabbing each other. So our community recipe, but in a larger structure, hopefully a larger wafati. And speaking of a larger wafati, the next item on the list, Jen, is... The next item on the list is the promise of Wafati being proven. And what is so the, the promise? API, well, the promise is that the annualized thermal inertia concept works, yeah. that it holds the heat of summer through the winter passively, and it stays a lovely temperature year-round without supplemental heat. All right. The Adi part of Wafati. Yeah. yeah. And what else? How about the F in Wafati? Oh, Woodland Ailer-inspired Freaky Cheap. Freaky Cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it's Freaky Cheap. That, we, yeah, the current Wafati, I would not say, has, it's not been Freaky Cheap if you factor in everything that needs to be factored in um, because of, you know, comedy. But the structure, yeah, the design should be capable of being created for very little money. Yeah. I mean, I think when we've got the design dialed in well, the build time might might be. Like if we put five professionals there and then we bring in like eight people to act as unskilled assistants, that... A Wafati the size of Allert's Nabby will be built and completed in about six weeks. Which, yeah. I'm thinking that that might be comparable to a conventional home. Yeah. <coughs> um, says the architect. He says yes. And so, yes. Um, but the materials cost will have been a tiny fraction. Right. Of, of the materials cost of a conventional home. Therefore, the total construction would be cheaper than conventional. And our other natural building stuff is all more expensive than conventional. The, uh, the one that's the cheapest of all, of all the natural building is going to be like straw bale. So you're going to get a straw bale house built. That house is going to be 30% more expensive than a conventional home. Yeah. 
But in your Wafati design, Paul, as with so much of permaculture, you're replacing petroleum with people. True. And so, you know, that that's the trade-off, you know, that uh, folks don't want to look at is how much the petroleum uh, subsidy is embodied in their home and the cost of their home. And a lot of straw bale structures will come in at the same cost as a conventional home because they did a workshop and they had eight people show up for this two months long workshop. Right. So they they kind they of displace the cost into free labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because a lot of the straw bale stuff is like it doesn't require great skill. And so unskilled labor can fill in for a lot of it. And uh, and then plus those people who came for that workshop, they paid for the workshop, which generally, you know, covers their food costs. So it's a so there so you get to move forward in a positive way. But okay, so one of the things that's left to be neck deep is the pro, the promise of the Wafadi is proven. And I feel like there's some other things in there like it is in a way an invisible structure from the perspective of a gardener. It's like all this space is used for gardening and the gardener gardens the roof and the property looks like a giant garden that does not have a house on it. Mm-hmm. Thus, it's a gardener's, it's the, it's the ultimate gardener's home. So that's part of the promise as well. Uh, so I kind of need to see the promise of the Wafati is proven. The next one <clears throat> is the gardener in me. I, I, there's a thing I need to do and I need to prove it. And I'm so full of ideas, and I, I, I just gotta, I just gotta do these things. Growing a lemon tree outdoors in Montana. I feel confident I can do it, and uh, and I get by with a little help from my friends. <laughs> and so, um, it's on the list of projects. It's probably still a couple years out. Yeah. Although, we did have some serious conversations about doing it this year as part of the greenhouse project. I'm glad we didn't add it in. Yeah. Before yeah. Before we talked about that, that was seriously on the table. And I think that there's a lot of people that are, like, aching for this to happen. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I'm aching for. But this is not a hair on fire thing. It could facilitate this tipping point, but it's not it's not a tipping point thing. It's 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 this is on the right list. Um the next one I think is would be a it's like this is an indicator that we have reached neck deep. Events sell out in a few hours after being announced. You know, currently it's like I'd say a lot of the events don't sell out. We have had a few events sell out, and they sold out in a couple of months. And uh, um, and I think right now we would be selling out, except there's the coronavirus thing going on right now. And um, so that's coming up. But I also kind of think that, like, pretty soon there's going to be enough people have had coronavirus so that they're effectively immune and then other people are going to get the the new vaccine and stuff like that. And so I think that there's going to be a big interest in more in-person events. 
soon. And so we will we are going to work on getting those lined up. Um Okay, I, I think I gotta say this one because this next one, um because it's weird. And I don't think Jennifer can say it because, of course, there's the implication of, w- of what I am trying to mold Jennifer into, which maybe she doesn't <laughs> want to do. And it's like, so as part of this comes the idea of, like, what I want to do is have this property where there's these 12 other people that are experts, each in their own eight fields, and they're carrying me kicking and screaming into awesomeness. But the thing is, is that an existing expert has their own land and they're doing their own thing. So... I've come up with this thing about growing the future leadership of permaculture. Maybe six out of the top ten permaculturalists in the world are or will be at Wheaton Labs. So I, there are people that are here now where I kind of feel like, yeah, in five years, they're going to be a global leader. I feel it. I don't want to say it out loud because that's kind of freaky to hear, and yet I just did. But I don't want to say it out loud to these people. And uh, but I do. I have. I can dream. I have big hopes, and um, I I think it could happen. And I think part of how we get there is through a lot of cross pollination, and you know, hopefully we attract industrious, smart people that are great fodder for being the future leadership, and we incubate this path. But this is, this is part of my thing for being neck deep. I, I feel like, you know, like we look at Sepp Holzer, I did Podcast 111, and, and it's like a lot of people are like, Sepp Holzer is such a dick. And it's like, in Podcast 111, I, I kind of propose that there's two possible ways that he got there, and um, one way is that we have such a gauntlet for people like that that of saying, you're stupid, that's stupid, everything you're doing is stupid, that's not permaculture, whatever, that only the most durable people make it to that finish line. Um, and then the other way is kind of like the opposite approach, which is kind of saying... <clears throat> um, it's kind of saying the same thing, but it's kind of like we made him into a dick yeah. by saying those things. It tortured him. So in one way, all the lovely people were like, fuck this noise, I'm out of here. And all you're left with are the people that are durable. And the other way is is that this person, because of this same peppering, became incredibly durable. And that's what you're experiencing now. And and Podcast 111, if you want a lot more details about that. I kind of feel like between Permies and how we're doing this at the lab, I kind of feel like we are taking approaches so that we're not going to... Those people will be peppered, but they will be peppered one quarter as much as Sepp Holzer was. And so maybe we can end up with ten times more awesome leaders in the world of permaculture this, through, through this incubation process. This is my little bit of crazy <clears throat> that comes from 
having seen some unkind things. And I wish to grow the future leadership. All right. Um, and this last one, I think, is a, is a slam dunk. When do you want to take it? Yeah. Um, so, so many awesome people living here that we can no longer accept new residents. Um, we're full up. The community is full. Everything is amazing. And we just don't have um, any more room to add new people. Yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking that that's going to be somewhere around 20 or 30 people who live year-round on the lab and maybe a dozen people who live year-round at base camp. Those are... That's that's my idea of what our capacity is. So I think it's going to be like shortly after we hit the tipping point, we're going to hit capacity. And I don't know. Um, somebody could try to buy land that's nearby. And, uh, I mean, there's opportunities for that right now, although I think that uh, there's only one opportunity left, and it's – I don't know how long that will be available. But um, – but, yeah, I kind of feel like that's the maximum number of people that I would want to be on there. And then it'll be a, a, a bike ped community. You park your rig at the side. Hopefully very few people want a rig. You know, they just don't feel like it because they so rarely use something. And when they need to, there's, you know, rigs that are effectively for rent uh, that are part of the community stuff, the community pool. Things like that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to be part of Neck Deep. Um, we will be, this this community will be full. And that's the end of our list. The click. Yeah. The click. I'm glad that we talked about it. I think that this may very well be the most important podcast of all the podcasts we've recorded ever. Just because I feel like my crazy shit might now be better understood by the people listening to this podcast. I I feel good having shared it. I think, too, the folks who listen to the podcast who felt the click, like Ashley was saying, will feel less crazy um, and will understand that there is a place that they can go and get real close to being neck deep right now, right fucking now. Right. I, I hope that we can get – I mean, I, I kind of feel like there's probably a lot of people on, that have experienced the click that are in a position that they can't get out of it just yet. But that I, – I also kind of feel like at some point we're going to hit the tipping point and it'll be easier for people who have experienced the click to to come here. And then it'll be all of a sudden – and that'll be a time when you probably don't hear any podcasts because we're going to be so busy sorting things out here. Uh-huh. Doing <laughs> shit. So. You'll be too busy living almost neck deep to do yeah. any podcasts. Yeah. You, you, you probably won't see an email on the daily-ish email. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there'll be no words that we've hit the tipping point. It'll just happen suddenly. And then, and then all, you know, all at once, boom, here we are. And now we're full. Yeah, remember two months ago uh-huh. <laughs> when we said, well, now we're full. So, never mind. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll probably be sudden. But in the meantime, we are trying to uh, bring more people into the boot camp. There is a waiting list for the boot camp, but the last time we sent out an email saying we'll take two more people in the boot camp, only one person replied. So I think there's like 28 people on the waiting list. But I think a lot of them are waiting until the weather's warmer. Right. Sounds more like a waiting lobby than a waiting list or waiting line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do. Our policy is is that uh, if more than two people, if we say two people, and more than two people say I will be there, then um, we take the people that are that have been on the waiting list the longest. So the right. I know you maintain the line order. Yeah. 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 So the earlier you're on the list, makes a difference. So, um, and uh, I I feel pretty confident that the next time we will send something out will will be in early January, inviting people out for early February, and um, which is still a cold month. And uh, we'll so if somebody wants to be in on it, boy, make that leap. If nothing else, come out for a week or two, see what it's like. And in fact, the the gal that's coming back is going to be here to take on the Evelyn role, the events and, and rental stuff. Uh, she was here a few months ago, and she came for two weeks, and so she's coming back. Cool. Murmur was her name, I, I heard. Yeah. That's, it, it's, it's spelled exactly as it sounds. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, think, I think it's important to, you know, let her decide how much she wants her name up in lights. And so, right. yeah, let's... Let's, let's let that go for now. I, plus, I'm worried. I'm, I'm already worried. I'm going to be right, scaring her off. So, <laughs> it's like, you know, but I, I think she'll be awesome. Man. I think, she, you know, she's uh, the the conversation that I had is like, I think, I think she's going to do better than anybody else who's ever tried. And so, I'm kind of like got my fingers That's crossed. Exciting. And yeah. I'm trying not to get too hopeful. You know, just play cool ball. She, she's going to be here, then sure enough, some Canadian is going to come along. Right. She'll fall in love, and there she goes. And and it's like, damn it, you know. So, um, yeah, no Canadians allowed. I mean, the government's kind of taking care of that for us. I mean, right. Ashley was going to come here, and the, and the government said, no, no, you can't go to you can't go to Paul's place. That's a cross imaginary border. We feel strongly about our imaginary border. Uh huh. Yeah. So she's like four hours away. She would just drive over here. But nope. 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 All right. Do I, I, you guys have anything else to add about the click? I think that's it. Just the summary that it's full of snakes and don't go towards <laughs> the light and don't do it if you have any control over it. But. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't. Right. I think I think most of the people listening, they're like, this sounds just not. They've probably already turned it off and gone on to the next podcast. So if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about the click. Homesteading and permaculture all the time. All the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.